New series, Lostology. Say that with me again, Lostology. Lostology is something that I taught to our staff. They said, hey, man, you got to preach that to the church, and this is the perfect timing uh, for Lostology as we go into Resurrection Week. And I've got to preach it, teach Lostology in London and at MFI Conference and Church. I just shared the other day in Nevada, Lostology. It was birthed out of a, a book called Out of Their Faces and Into Their Shoes. And I talked to the author of that book, and he says, hey, man, you can use anything that you want to use. It was birthed because of an internship I was uh, going to be teaching an evangelism class on or in uh, probably 24 years ago. And ever since then, man, I've adopted Lostology. I am a Lostologist, and I hope to equip you to be in a Lostologist today or the beginnings of this. This is going to be the intro of it. Lostology, like you can kind of hear, biology, zoology, Lostology, is a study of the lost, but it's more than the study of the lost, is God's heart toward the lost. It's the study of the lost and God's heart toward the lost. Last week, the timing of fear of God versus the spirit of fear could not be better than going into this sermon and into Easter and what this what this, I believe, this message will call you up to. And even the week before that, wrong question of God being with you. I want to share with you a few reasons why I think Christians struggle in sharing the gospel or sharing about Christ or sharing their faith. And one of them was and is what we talked about last week, fear. Say that with me. Number one, fear. False evidence appearing real. What hinders you from sharing the gospel when you know that the Holy Spirit is telling you in the gym, at class, or work, or wherever it is, among a family member Christmas, and all of a sudden you're hindered to share, I think a lot of that has to do with fear. Now let me tell you where I think fear is derivative from. I think it's fear, the fear of death and fear of man, but if I may put it this way, you care too much about yourself. Fear. You care. What will they say about me? What if they don't, you know, receive Christ? What if they uh, ridicule me? What if they reject me? And it all becomes, what about me? And it keeps you shut down because you care too much about yourself. What if they shoot me? What if they cut me? What if I'm martyred? All those different things. And it comes from a spirit of fear. That's one of the reasons why the enemy is able to shut you down when you know that you should be a voice. Number two, everyone say shame. shame. Shamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You can say, well, Jay, I would never be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Well, there has to be some tie into that, or I don't think Paul would ever share the scripture, Romans 1, 16, for I am not ashamed. If there's shame, God wants to remove that. Fear and shame. He wants us not to have fear or shame when it comes to the gospel of Jesus Christ. For it is the power of God for salvation for everyone who believes. How many know that Jesus wants to save everyone? He desires none should perish. None should perish. First, the Jew and the Greek also. The next one is, why don't we share the gospel of Jesus Christ? I think sometimes feelings of inadequacy. And that's why I'm here today, hopefully, one of my jobs is to equip you for the work of the ministry. 
Do not sit in your seat and say church is all about an hour and 45 minutes, maybe two hours today. And that's what Christianity is about. That is, that is ridiculous. Don't ever think it's about elders and you know, people on staff. No, it's about an army of Jesus Christ. You see, first of all, Jesus brings you in here and it becomes your hospital. You begin getting healed from all kinds of things, addiction, you name it, it becomes your hospital. But don't stay in the hospital because the, the church becomes your family. And yes, we are family. But I'm going to tell you right, right now, it's not just your family, but it's also an army. And he raises you and up to be in the army of Jesus Christ so that we can impact the world around us. So feelings of adequacy, I hope to equip you some today. I've had people take lossology class and they say, JL, I have never, ever shared the gospel. I mean, people that you've seen in the church for decades have never shared the gospel. Coming to church doesn't make you one that, hey, you automatically share the gospel. So I hope that we can uh, get by that today, no matter who you are, that you would, you would feel equipped to be able to do that. Another one is values. Say that with me, values. I'm not going to get stuck on values today because that's the third sermon in this series all about values. But I'm going to tell you right now, the United States church, the United States church sometimes can have a very S-U-C-K-Y value system. It can absolutely S-U-C-K. Because we value everything Lots of many different things, levels of things, but where is the value for the lost? I'm not preaching that today. I could. I could preach now two more hours on just a, on value, but I'm not. That's going to be the third sermon in this series, and the last one is time. Two, don't have enough time to do that, J.O. I don't have enough time to reach out to people. Approaching Easter, I'm going to tell you right now, I, I cannot think of of many more things other than the loss because folks will come. Now, folks who are lost, you're probably here right now, prodigals who have left the faith, here, people who have never met Jesus Christ, you're probably in the, right now in this gathering. But also during Easter, Christmas, different kind of moments of history, people come to church. Why? Because they're searching. And it's, it's wonderful and beautiful for us to be ready for that. The lost come to church on the weekend looking for answers. Back in 84, 85, I walked into a church in Kentucky, and I, was at, I probably had partied the night before, maybe all night long, and I walked into church with my Miami Vice uh, suit on, white, you know what I'm saying? White, y'all remember Miami Vice? I was G'd up from the feet up, white, white, till just there, Miami Vicing at church. But when the gospels preach, I got the death grip on the pew ahead of me because I'm, I'm being so convicted by the Holy Spirit and I didn't surrender my life and I wish I would have because my life after that even went, it was already on a spiral, but it even went lower and lower and lower. People come and they want answers, but the lost never, you hardly ever hear anyone do this. Hey, 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 I'm lost. Somebody help, I'm lost. You, you, you hardly ever 
sees them. They don't know they're lost. They're blinded by the devil. Their, their, their ears are absolutely deafened by the enemy, but they're lost. But lost has an emotion. Lost has a look. Lost has a sound. People are drowning in addiction. Why? Because they're lost. People are drowning in hopelessness, pain, and suicide, and anger. Why? Because lost. They're drowning in sexual identity crisis, same-sex attraction. Why? They never say, I'm lost, but they're lost. Sexual addiction. Not sexual addiction. Why don't you quit having sex then? I'm not talking about if you're married. (laughs) Have sex if you're married. It's a good thing. But greed and murder and all those things, listen to me, real good, scream that you're lost. Lost happens. Why does lost happen? We dedicated two babies this morning, dedicated our twins last night. And as beautiful as these babies are, when they come out of the womb, they're lost. Jail, oh, they're too innocent. Look at those beautiful... They're lost. Psalms 51. They're lost from the womb, and then they choose to be lost. Bob Dylan, I love the way he sings it. I was blinded by the devil, born already roamed, right out of the womb. Lost happens. Let me give you the definition of lost. In a lostology class, I could say, hey, Give me the definition of lost. And nine times out of 10, people go, oh, people that don't know Jesus are lost. Well, absolutely. But I want to even get down. I want you to feel lost today. Definition of lost. Anything or anyone that has value, that's not where they should be. Anyone or anything that has value, that's not where they should be. Could that be a person? Yeah. If you don't know Christ today or walked away from him, honestly, you're lost. You were born to be in a relationship with the God of the universe. But let's break it down to some practical things. Anybody ever lost their keys and you're late for work? Who's done something like that? How many have ever lost their wallet or purse full of credit cards and passwords? How many ever ever lost a kid before? Right? There's emotion with lost. There's emotion with lost. All of a sudden, you lose your kid in the mall. You're like, shut down the doors, put the gates on, lock up everything. And then you're like, and if you touch my kid, I'm going to rip your head off. People who are lost have a lot of emotion. They really do. And we want to reach those. Here's a, a warning to those who've been in the church for a long time. Here's a warning. You can be insiders. Everyone say insiders. I want you to understand definitions today. Insiders are those who's been in church for a very long time versus outsiders, okay? Insiders can be inside the church so long that they don't know how to reach the outside. You've been in so long that you don't know how to reach the outside. Jay, I'll just get a book and I'll, I'll get a book and it will tell me all the terminology of everyone in the culture and how to speak their language. Listen, forget about a book. Why don't you get in the culture and reach and be salt and light to a culture that needs you in the culture? Are you feeling me? That's what Jesus, he was a pro at it. He was an absolutely professional of speaking the language. We're at a well. What are we going to talk about? 
water. Now I'm going to make it eternal. Let's talk about everlasting, eternal, living water. Oh, there's a field out there. Wow, lift up your eyes. This is how Jesus got into conversations with people. He didn't make it all crazy spiritual. He made it easy so that they, they could relate to him and they could have a relationship and they could have a conversation with Jesus Christ. A lot of times we make it so spiritual that you never take that big step because you think you got to unload the whole gospel right there in the very beginning. You don't have to unload the whole gospel. Sometimes get the conversation going and see what God will do. Radine and I walked out of the movie the other day and there was a, you know, a couple of couples with us and, and uh, one of the couple I didn't know if she was a born-again believer, and I just simply asked her, are you a born-again believer out of Jesus' revolution? And she said, right in the theater, right in front of the bathrooms. She says, no, I'm not. I said, well, you saw what was going on in the movie, and you've been at the church many times. Would you like to be a believer? Would you like to be born again? She said, yes, I would. <laughs> Brought her boyfriend over, prayed for her right in front of the bathrooms, to receive Jesus Christ. Radine prophetically prayed over her. Glory of God is falling in the theater right in front of the bathrooms. God wants you to be a lostologist. He wants you to impact people wherever you are, whatever you're. The greatest evangelist you can ever be is don't be like me. Be you. Be you, but do the work of an evangelist. So let me give you Jesus' mission statement for life. This is Jesus' mission statement. It comes from Luke 19.10, and it's right after he had this encounter with Zacchaeus. And it says this, for the Son of Man, Jesus' mission statement. Why do I drill that? Because it should be yours if you're a Christian. For the Son of Man came to seek and save that which was lost. This is why Jesus came. Jesus, he did this, and he raised others up to do the same thing. He raised up 12 other search and rescuers. We call them the 12 disciples, but I want to let you know right now from the get-go. Day one, follow me, I'll make you. They were all about being search and rescuers. And then after the disciples, all of a sudden, Paul is a search and rescuer. Man, he goes from Saul to Paul, transform. And he has a heavenly call. Timothy is a search and rescuer. And every generation since then, every generation, God has allowed search and rescuers to rise up and the gospel is continually preached throughout every generation. And guess why? Because he's building this church and the gates of hell will not prevail. And it's all geared around people coming to know him and their lives change. I talked to an older gentleman last night. He walked up to me and just tears in his eye. He goes, J.L., my life has been so changed since he came to know Jesus Christ. That's what it's all about. That's what Jesus does. I want you to turn to Lostology chapters. The number one Lostology chapter in the Bible. Turn to Luke 15 because I know you have your Bible because you don't go anywhere without your Bible. You read it every day and you're going to bring at least two to church. 
Luke 15. And if you don't, Holy Spirit, convict right now. Jesus' name, Jesus' name. Trying to be a cool Christian. Stop being cool. Carry your Bibles. Don't be cool. You know what cool gets you? It's called lukewarm. As you turn to Luke 15, lostology is not a method. It's not systems. I think I could teach you some methods and systems in evangelism. I've been on an evangelism team. Our team, though I wasn't on it the entire time, but our team went to every home in Eureka, California. Every home. I could tell you some systems. The first date that I ever took Radine on was Friday night, Arcata Square, Arcata, California, preaching the gospel. I know about handing out tracts. I know about knocking on doors. I could tell you systems and ways. That's not what this is about. Does tracts work? Absolutely. I came out of a Bon Jovi concert, probably out of my mind. A young man running through the crowd hits me in the chest. I pull off. What are you doing? It's a track. I stick it in my pocket. I read it in the dorm room the next morning, and it really impacts my life. Does tracks work? Well, yes, it works because it's the Bible on the track, the Word of God. But this is not about systems. This is not about programs. Hear what Lost Knowledge is all about. It's all about you catching the heart of God for the lost. If you don't catch that, you probably will never share the gospel. I'm just being honest. If you don't catch the heart of the Father when it comes to the lost and his heart breaking for the lost and what he's done for the lost, he sent his very, very, very best for the lost. He allowed his son to die for the lost. All those things. If you don't catch the heart of the Father, you're probably not going to ever share the gospel of Jesus Christ. See, lostology is more caught than ever taught. So get past that it's systems and methods and things like that. What it does, what I hope lostology does, will give you revelation, understanding, uh, a renewing of your mind. That's what transforms us. A re, listen to this, a regeneration of your heart by the power of the Holy Spirit. Can you imagine if we were an army of people, look around just this gathering, just one gathering, and we really caught the heart of the Father when it comes to the loss and reaching the loss. We turn this world upside down. Yeah. Period. 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 Luke 15, 1 and 2. Lostology. Then all the tax collectors and sinners drew near to him to hear him. Selah. I'm going to push buttons in just about two minutes. And I've asked every gathering, are you okay with that? And then people say yes. And then they start having almost meltdowns and they get really quiet. Because when I say I'm pushing buttons today, I'm pushing buttons. And the Pharisees and the scribes complaining, saying to them, this man receives sinners and eats with them. 
almost every scripture that I'm going to be reading when it comes to sinners and Jesus being with sinners, you will also see that he eats with them. Because in that culture, it means he forgave them if he ate with them. He receives them. What does that mean? Jesus, God, the perfect Lamb of God, he takes them, he accepts them, he receives them, he has hospitality with them, he's with them, he hangs out with them, he eats with them. This is what Jesus does. And guess who they are? The very first aspect of them were tax collectors. Tax collectors. Jesus may be Hanging out with the far, far, far left in our community. Far, far left. North Idaho. He's eating with them. He's waiting on them. He's serving them. He has hospitality with them. And you thought that they were your enemy. And Jesus is with them. That's only one button. It doesn't matter if they're far right, far left, red, blue, purple, or pink. Jesus died for every one of them. And who told you they were your enemy? Oh, J.O., they got the same sex attraction. Who told you they were your enemy? That's not what Jesus did. See, your enemy is S-A-T-A-N. And all of a sudden, the culture tells you, this is your enemy. People are your enemy. Flesh and blood is your enemy. You need to read the Bible again. They are not your enemy. These are people that Jesus died for. People love. Jesus loves. He wants to extend his grace and mercy. And guess what? He wants you to be search and rescuers for these people that you have said are your enemy. Jesus' reputation is this. The man receives sinners and eats with them. His reputation. Let's talk about another guy that may have been far, far left. His name was Zacchaeus. Why would you ever think he was far left? I, 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 to be honest with you, I don't know for sure. But I know he wasn't just a tax collector. He was a rich chief tax collector. And the Bible says Zacchaeus quickly climbed down, took Jesus to his house with great excitement and joy. But the people... We're displeased. He is gone to be the guest of a <laughs> notorious sinner, and they grumbled. Zacchaeus, come down. I must have dinner with you today. Hey, Jesus. Just for receiving him, just for receiving him. Hey, if I've ever, if I've ever done anything wrong, I'm gonna. He, the guy knew the Bible. I'm gonna pay him back four times the amount. And he goes to their house, 
and he eats with them. I'm sure, it doesn't say he ate with them, but I'm sure he ate with them. Because that's what you do when you go to somebody's house, right? <laughs> Who's a notorious sinner in your book? Would you have grumbled? What church would Jesus go to? Told you. Button, button, button. Because this is the heart of the Father. Oh, let's talk about another tax collector. Let's talk about lots of tax collectors. Mark 2, 15 through 17. Later, Levi invited Jesus and his disciples to his home as dinner guest. Guess who Levi was? Matthew. Guess what Matthew was? What? Maybe, just maybe, Jesus received a far left dude to be his disciple. Maybe, just maybe, Peter was a far right guy. You got a red and a blue clashing, but Jesus didn't matter because he's the king of kings and it's about a kingdom. It's not about this kingdom, but a heavenly kingdom. I don't want to be transformed into Trump. I want to be transformed into Jesus. I don't want to be transformed into Biden. Listen, we're called to be like Christ. Where'd we begin trying to be like a man puts his pants on just like I do? Jay, are you going to shrink the church? Well, we'll have the true church after that. That's all I got to say. Because I'm very governmental. I'll vote, vote, vote Bible, vote, and we're going to tell you what the Bible says. But... I'm not that political because my trust is not in man. It's not in the strength of horses' legs. And he goes on to say, let me finish this. Oh, man. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Levi invited, just listen to these words. <laughs> Je- Levi invited Jesus and his disciples into his home and his dinner guest along with, here we go, Many tax collectors and other, help me out with this word. How how do you say it? Because I get all kinds of kind of feedback on that. Say it one more time. Right. You get the feeling of what kind of sinners these were, right? Look at this. There were many people of this kind among Jesus' followers. But when the teachers of the religious law, who were Pharisees, saw them, here we go, here we go again, here we go again, here we go again, eating with tax collectors and other sinners, they asked his disciples, why does he eat with such scum? Who's scum in your book? 
Who's scum in your book? It goes on to say, when Jesus heard this, he told them, healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. Bro, I was sick. I was about as left jacked up sideways as you can stink and get. I needed a doctor. And he met me. I've come to call not those who think they are righteous. I like that. Think, think they are righteous. But those who know they are sinners. I warned you. Who would Jesus be with today? Who would he be with? Who would Jesus eat with today? Who would Jesus seek after today? (laughs) What church would Jesus attend? Would we complain and grumble with the friends that Jesus kept today? Would we say, why does he eat with such scum? I'm, pre- I'm, I'm only preaching strict Bible. But I think it's important for us to once again catch the heart of the Father. Because as much as I want revival in the church, because I do, man, I want revival, I want glory of God come, you name it, the glory of God. But I also want revival out there. I want the roof of the roof to be set on fire in this place with the presence of God. But I also want us to reach those who are far from God and lost. Jesus said, Follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. Have you ever thought about what fish are like? They are slimy. They are cold-hearted, blooded. They stink. Nasty, right? I like fish. I'm just saying. And then they come to Jesus and they become little sheepies. And sheepies still stink. You know what I'm saying? Warm-blooded mammals following Jesus. He calls us to, to reach these people. A couple of thoughts in closing. No one gets lost on purpose. If you see the most crazy individual out there absolutely glorying in their sin, always remember no one gets lost on purpose. Do you know why people get lost? One reason. (laughs) Because it's simple. It's easy to get lost. If you don't do anything in life, you will get lost lost. It's easy. You're just born. You're lost. And if you don't do anything with it, you're lost. And you stay lost. It's easy to get. I've been lost naturally in the woods like you wouldn't believe. And I've been lost naturally and I've been lost spiritually. Why? Because it's easy. Don't look at them and go, you're such a stinking idiot. No, they're just lost. Oh, you're so stupid. No. They're just lost. The devil does his job. He blinds them and he deafens them to the truth of God. Let me finish with this. I want to give you three 
three major reasons why people get lost from the Lostology chapter, Luke 15. Luke 15 is basically three parables, but the three parables are three rebukes. Because why would Jesus rebuke? He rebuked them because the Pharisees and the scribes, they had no heart for the lost. They're like, the hell with the lost. And Jesus rebukes them with three parables. The first parable, he says this. What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he loses one of them, does not leave the 99 in the wilderness and go after the one which is lost until he finds it? Everyone say this with me. One main reason why people get lost is they make a mistake. Say that with me, number one, mistake. Say it with me again, mistake. Either the shepherd or the sheep, he made a mistake. The sheep, he may have been, oh, the grass is greener over there. I'm going to go over there. I'm going to leave the whole 99. I'm going to go over there. I'm going to go over there. I'm going to go over there. All of a sudden, there's a wolf and he's lost. Or the shepherd. The shepherd's like, I'm just going to take a little nap right now. I'm going to go up here to this pool, lake, high, lot, you know, high mountain lake right here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to take my lunch. And all of a sudden, there's a mistake. Let me say this in closing. All around you are people who make mistakes. All the time that ends their life in being lost. Let's look at the second parable. Second parable is about a lady who lost a very, very important coin. And it says this, or what woman having 10 silver coins, if she loses one coin, does not light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it. Everyone say this with me, misplaced. The coin was misplaced. This is a very important coin because it's not like a quarter or a dime or a nickel. It's probably the coin that she received on her marriage ceremony. So she has this headband, it's got all these coins in it, and it was probably a coin that she, she lost that would be like a wedding band. I want you to notice where she lost it at. If you'll put that back up there, I want you to see where she lost the coin at. Look where, what does she sweep? She sweeps the house. People come to church every weekend. They're in the house. They're here in God's house and they're lost. And she sweeps it. Why, why did it ever get lost? Say this with me, misplaced. People are misplaced all around us. They go through trauma. They go through all kinds of abandonment, daddy issues, sexual abuse, all kinds of reasons why people get misplaced. In her case, she found the coin, and in her case, she exploded, rejoiced in heaven. And the angels, you know why angels rejoice in heaven? when people come to know Jesus Christ. Think about that person right now that bugs the snot out of you because they're so woke and so left. If God's not going to awaken the woke, who do you think he's going to wake? He's going to awaken the woke, baby. There's going to be a revival like you've never seen. They are not your enemy. The last one, 11 through 13. 
Then he said, a certain man having two sons and a younger of them said to the father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. So he divided them his livelihood. And not many days after the young son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country and there wasted his possessions with prodigal living. The prodigal son, guess what he did? He prodigally lived. He partied. He blew the money. Lost his stinking mind and lost his daddy's money. Why did that take place? This boy miscalculated. He thought the grass was greener on the, on the other. Grass is always green where you water it, young people, and where you fertilize it. Stop running around looking for greener grass. He miscalculated. So many people with so many lies of what truth is miscalculate today and their lives get shipwrecked wow welcome to lostology the study of the lost <laughs> 